Today is Tuesday, January 16th. The title for our devotional is Inheritance and Hope. Yesterday, we began looking at Peter's opening doxology to the content of his letter. He praises God for causing us to be born again according to his mercy. Today, let's examine the results of being born again. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 12. We're just going to read verses 3 through 5. I'm just going to take it one step at a time throughout this week. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Peter is utilizing the family metaphor here pretty strongly. He again emphasizes that God is our Father, and we are born again. Those are family metaphors, right? So what does that mean? Um, According to this passage, believers are born again into, into two things. One is a living hope. Two is an inheritance. Remember, the audience Peter is writing to has been exiled and are now facing persecution in their new home. They're likely hopeless, not seeing an end to their predicament. This hope that we are born again into then is, is so vital for them. And this hope is a living hope, Peter says. It is living in that it is not dead or empty. That may seem obvious, but living could also be used to refer to something that is growing, for example. It, it, it's living in that it's not dead. It's alive. The hope that the world has is a dead hope. Apart from Christ, whatever hope we find ends at death. So it isn't much of a hope at all, really. Our hope for a better job ends at death. Our hope for a nice car ends at death. Our hope to buy a house ends at death. Our hope for a spouse ends at death. Our hope for reconciliation with a relationship that has been broken ends at death. Our hope for health ends at death. Christian hope, however, is rooted in the resurrection of Jesus. Our hope is living because Jesus is living. The resurrection proves that Jesus has power over the curse of death. The resurrection proves that there is life eternal. The resurrection proves that this path to life is through Jesus and Jesus alone. Our hope, then, is an eternal living hope. As Paul talks about in Romans 8, this hope will be fully realized in the new creation when all of creation is liberated from the curse of sin. Peter here uses the language of our inheritance, when our inheritance will be fully realized. He assures us of this hope because Jesus is risen from the dead. As Tim Keller has said on this, if Jesus rose from the dead, that means that in the end, everything is going to be okay. He says that we are also born again into an inheritance. For Peter's audience, exile meant a loss of their inheritance, at least it was in jeopardy, as their inheritance was connected to the land that their fathers owned. This would leave them impoverished and hopeless for sustained financial stability. The Christians there were likely being disowned by their fathers for converting to Christianity as well. So the Christians who uh, came to believe in Jesus as these new Christian communities came into these exiled regions, Uh, If anyone accepted Christ, they were jeopardizing their inheritance by believing in Jesus because their fathers could uh, disown them from the family. This also, obviously, would come with a loss of inheritance and financial stability. So Peter emphasizes that their father God has given them an inheritance. And this inheritance he describes in a few different ways, which is contrary to the inheritance that they have on earth. Inheritance is imperishable. It is free from death and destruction. Their inheritance is undefiled. That is, it is free from evil and moral decay. It is unfading. It is free from decay and the inevitable degradation of time. 
When the Israelites in the Old Testament, their inheritance was associated with the land. The land was taken from them in the conquest of Assyria, then Babylon, and then later by the Romans. The land was defiled because of the failure of the people to live up to the standards of the law. The natural fruit of the land decayed over time. This new inheritance that Christians have been born again into is far superior than he says. In fact, it is so secure that it is kept in heaven where these factors cannot touch it. It is kept for his audience. It's for you at the end of verse 4, he says. Peter even says that the believers are being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation to be revealed in this last time. What a comfort to these Christians who are feeling so unsettled and suffering. They are guarded by God's power. Talk about security. The means by which they participate in this through faith is through faith, believing and trusting in the gospel. They are being guarded for a salvation that will be revealed in the end. Here, Peter has in mind the return of Christ. When Christ returns to make all things new and bring the kingdom of God in full, the salvation of believers will be fully realized. We experience it now in part, but then we will experience the fullness of it. We will talk about this more on Thursday, but he mentions it here, so we have to mention it. Here, Peter is reminding those who are hopeless and without inheritance that they have been born again to a living hope in Christ and an eternal inheritance through their Heavenly Father. This is true for all Christians for all time. It should comfort us the same today just as it did his first audience. And it should lead us to live in this living hope, to live as people who have an eternal living hope, and live as people where our inheritance is in heaven, secured. We are secured in it by God and not looking for our inheritance to be fully realized here. This perspective should change what we ultimately hope for. Are we ultimately hoping for something that is temporal or eternal? Can you honestly say that being with God in the new creation is where your ultimate hope and longing lies? This perspective should change where we invest our treasure. Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, 19, not to lay up for ourselves treasures on earth, but instead to lay up treasures in heaven. Peter is likely reiterating Jesus' teaching here to a degree. Jesus goes on to say, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Is your will directed towards the treasures of earth? That is status, stuff, achievement, acceptance, pleasure, luxury. Or is it directed towards your inheritance in heaven, the presence of God, worship, love, God's people, etc. For reflection time today, just reflect on those questions.